2: This life was all I ever
1: wanted. I'm not leaving. Not yet.
3: I was hoping you'd say that. We gotta hit the streets,
2: make some money.
1: People like us
0: must destroy people like him. Buckle up. Get Showtime free at showtime.com. Revely, revely, dogs! Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat.
1: It is Monday, the 13th of April, 2020, and it is time. For Morning Combat. Hello everybody. My name is Luke Thomas. I am one half of the hosting duo of this program. The other half is across the screen. He is my hetero life mate. You might know him from CBS Sports, as well as many other gas stations, finding all the hot dogs that are available, whether they are delicious or not. It is Brian Campbell. Brian, top of oh, the afternoon to you, sir.
0: Yes, near, far, wherever the hell you are, you better believe that morning combat will go on. I know what you're thinking, right? <laughs> high and tight, just like Luke's high school dating preference. But I uh, had a little <laughs> little mishap, Luke, last night at the uh, with the uh, with the razors. I I was nervous. I I really don't want the world to see me because I I don't think that they'd understand. But. Uh, I'm back. I'm ready. Let's do this. Everything's made to be broken, Luke. I just want you to know who I am. Let's do this.
1: Yeah, well, everything falls apart, as they say. Uh, That's the reality with barracks cuts. You can get a good one here, maybe even a great one there, but in the end, the lack of expertise on haircutting will eventually catch up to you. It's going to catch up to me too, by the way. I'm I'm barely hanging on to what I have. I'm probably going to be joining you next. Now, before we get to the show, Brian, a few housekeeping notes. Number one, Like the video, give it a thumbs up if you can. Hit that notification bell after you subscribe as well. Please subscribe to the channel because it is free. Now, speaking of things that are also free, in terms of trials, you can go to Showtime.com right now and have a 30-day free trial. You don't like it, you can kick it out, you do what you want, or you can keep it because it's got tons of great programming there as well. So, you got subscribe here, thumbs up, check out Showtime.com for a free trial and a whole lot more. Brian, and, you ready
0: to get this started? Well, if you're not in on what we're doing with a little spin-off, a little side fun on classic combat, just a reminder, this past Friday, Luke and I checked out Corrales Castillo 1, maybe the best boxing fight of this lifetime had a fun two hours, Luke. I think the people liked it. We cracked a couple cold ones. More to come on that. So continue to support this show. Uh, maybe we'll get an MK Do Rag for you. You know, come on, keep it. Let's keep it going. Let's 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 build on this, Luke. I'm ready. I'm we, fired. We gotta be like up.
1: we gotta be like Joe Exotic. You know, he had Tiger King condoms. We gotta get some Morning Combat paraphernalia like that.
0: Yes. Yes. Tip covers maybe.
1: all right with that in mind let's get the show started segment one ladies and gentlemen let's do a bit of a post-mortem now the event did not happen as I slide to my right here like the expert host that I am on this YouTube program UFC 249 did not happen and it has been talked to death but we now have had a moment to process it it's over it's done with it's not going to happen but the saga itself is completed so Brian let me ask you a question take us away first Now that 249 has been canceled and we saw the ups, the downs, the in-betweens, all the weirdness, what's the biggest lesson coming out of this whole episode?
0: Well, the biggest lesson from uh, specifically how it ended last week is that money talks, and at the end of the day, we all serve somebody And, uh, you know, upwards of what, 75% of UFC's income comes from their exclusive television deal with ESPN and of course, parent company Disney. So when you are trying to do something and put a message across or trying to accomplish something at the end of the day, you answer to somebody and there is a limit of how far you can go. And that's how this whole idea sort of ended, um, It's weird. We talked Friday during our classic combat episode, which was a little bit more of an instant reaction to this, Luke. And, you know, at that point, I was a little bit more heavy into, man, this crazy guy, Dana White, like, just won't stop. They had to take the the tools out of his hand and force him to quit because, you know, he he loved to double down in that interview with Brett Okamoto to remind everybody that he could go forward with the card. He wants to go forward with the card. He could do it right now if he wanted to. And, oh, by the way, uh, Devil's Island is, 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 is a making right now. It's happening. They're putting it together. They're fencing it in. Cheese and uh, lettuce sandwich. Are coming, but I'm not going to say that a couple days have given me a new perspective. But it is Monday morning, Luke, and you know, you can watch the Today Show, and tornadoes are ripping through the country on top of COVID. And man, am I craving some normalcy! So I think it just brings us back to what, or me back to what Dana did wrong, because there is a thin line between ambition. And this whole idea of what we're trying to do, we're trying to fight within our actual circumstance to to recreate some level of normalcy. And not all of Dana, what he did was bad. I think the fact that we all knew it was rooted in, in finances with the parent company Endeavor at the end of the day didn't give us a feeling like there's any Robin Hood merits to what Dana was doing. But I don't want to stomp on Dana like I may have wanted to last week because I want the fights back. I want to figure out a way he can get them back without some crazy island, without some lack of commission. Can we go forward now and try to find a middle ground where we can actually make fights safely back?
1: You know what really occurred to me is something a little bit different. I was trying to put my finger on why was last week inside the MMA community... Why was it so acrimonious? Because there are always disagreements. So-and-so thinks this fighter's best pound for pound. Uh, so-and-so thinks Israel's responsible for UFC 248 being boring. And then this side thinks UL is you know responsible. And there's always disagreements. There's always heavy debate. But there's always a little bit of inside MMA, us versus them. You know, fight fans, they, they can sniff out an imposter in their community like that, right? They really kind of know who's inside who's not. But last week felt like the community had turned on itself and different factions were eating at each other. And I was trying to figure out like, how did we get there? And I think I, I, here's what I stumbled upon, Brian. I'd love to know what you make of it. I don't know this to be true. I'm just trying to noodle it all through, which is if you paid attention to politics in the 80s and 90s, there was something called the culture wars, right? Where you had different groups who were divided on really partisan lines, but but difficult topics like abortion, like gun rights, right? Very weighty things. And that kind of went away, not because those divisions went away, but because the culture wars have seeped into everything. Some people don't want to eat at Chick-fil-A. Some people aren't going to eat at or, or wear Nike. Some people are taking their Keurig coffee machines and they're chucking them out the window. Not really for the best of reasons, because it is now involved in every layer of identity. Here's what occurred to me, Brian. Last week, what you saw was for the first time the culture wars eating at the different subgroups inside of MMA. COVID 19 has become part of the culture war. If you follow certain politicians and certain media ecosystems, you got one idea about how bad it is. Versus the other side, you might have a very different idea. To me, this was the first time you saw those subgroups jockeying for supremacy inside of MMA in a way that got really kind of ugly on both sides, to be quite honest with you. I don't think both sides are free of blame in how they handled it. I mean, it all could have been handled a lot better. I just never seen that kind of conflict within the sport. And for this is a sport, as I mentioned, where internal conflict is relatively common, but not like this. For the first time, you saw laid bare the different social groups. And the, the scary part about it, Brian, is it's kind of like power brokers on one side, and media on the other, and whatever sides you take, it's not good that those divisions exist. It's not good that they're pulled apart at the seams like that because once you have it as a function of identity, I'm on this side, I'm on that side, it's very hard at any point in the future to then have any kind of consensus about anything.
0: Yeah, It's unfortunate that the whole... COVID debate, which made MMA the the sort of frontline story because Dana White was the only sports commissioner seemingly trying to, to push against it all. It did make it a very right versus left political thing, where if you didn't think 49 should have went on then you're definitely a sissy left wing social justice warrior and if you you know were willing to go on no matter what cuz we just want entertainment then you're a you know a gun to and whatever and and that was sort of false the the darkest moments was sort of the you know people are taking stances you took a very hard stance in one direction of safety and precaution And the idea that if you're doing that, you're trying to take away from the fighters and you're trying to be anti-UFC. And it couldn't be further from the truth. And there were a lot of weird emotions that came out of this. You know, I'd mentioned that in our short show on Friday where we talked about this briefly, but it's like when that fight card finally got canceled, those and i was on that side of the line you know of of it shouldn't go on next week it shouldn't go on or this week it shouldn't go on under these circumstances where you're stepping around state commission where you're going against sort of the natural flow of of how things are going um it was like okay good they finally someone stepped in there was an adult in the room they made the right decision we win, but, you know, it's like, it's like that old joke. What do we win? We win nothing. We don't have fights this week. We can't do our jobs the way we want to get back to it. People that are just craving live entertainment so bad that have things a lot worse than than I do, let's say, at the moment, you know, just want some sense of normalcy. So nobody wins by this. But um, I I hate the extreme sides of any argument. I, I want to find, you know, the middle where we can kind of make things work. And I still believe, Luke, that... UFC and combat sports in general can and ultimately will come back before organized team sports. Now, that's not a huge revelation, right? There's there's no union. There's no players association. It, it has a better chance. But I'd like to believe we are closer than not to getting a UFC card. But again, I'd just like to see us um, go away from maniacal, ridiculous uh, Fight Island ideas and kind of bring it back to the center of, you know, How do we create a UFC biodome in Vegas? How do we get the local commission involved to make it as safe as possible? Dana White can't stop talking about how Vince McMahon and WWE is doing it just fine. And to a certain degree, they are pulling it off. Well, is there a middle ground where that can work to to get UFC going to bring back some sense of normalcy in our life? I would support that. I would just not support the crap storm that came out of this and the whole idea that Dana might be doing it for the wrong reasons. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: That takes us to segment two about this, and we'll finally put UFC 249 to bed. So let's ask this question. Now that it is all over, whatever we want to say about its biggest lessons, the last thing I'd ask about it, Brian, is how much damage did this do to the sport? Now, the answer could be none. The answer might be absolutely none whatsoever, and there's nothing to worry about. I tend to think in terms of lasting damage, not very much. Not very much in the sense that because If the event had gone forward and nothing would have happened, I also don't think that would have been cataclysmic. Of course, if something had gone forward and someone had tested positive, it would have been a disaster, I think, at least from a PR standpoint. Um, Although I did see that someone from the WWE tested positive, but that's a different story for a different time. Here's what I'll say about the damage. I, I think that it was an embarrassing look for the sport, not... From the mainstream looking in, you know, people always ask, like, why doesn't the mainstream ever cover us? And when they do, they're all negative, because that's what they think about us. You know, whether you like it or not, that's what they think about us. The Wall Street Journal doesn't care. They don't have a media reporter who, in their sports section, to the extent that they ever to cover any sports, which is very infrequently. You know, they don't really care about um, covering the sport in that kind of a way. Kevin Draper, the guy from the New York Times who reported all the stories, I spoke to him. New York Times had a boxing columnist 10 years ago and they got rid of that position as well. They just they don't they don't care about us in that kind of a way. So, they only care when there's something that a- a already feeds into their negative uh, or somewhat simplistic ideas about what fight sports is. And then having the governor having to step in, even if you want to say there's political party considerations involved, it's just not a great look, but I will say one thing in terms of Uh, A, we avoided the damage because it didn't go forward, so that's fine. Bit of an embarrassing look, but that's not the end of the world. I'll actually say there was a silver lining in all of this, which is that Dana White declared to the world, we're going to be the first ones back. And the point you had just made, I think is correct. I mean, think about football. Just in the playing surface, American football, you got 20 plus guys, right? More than that on the field. Plus you have... All the players on the sidelines, and equipment managers, and team doctors, and you've got quarterbacks, coaches, wide receivers, coaches, O-line, D-line, coordinators. Some of them are in the booth, of course. But you, gotta, you have, I mean, what, hundreds of people on a stadium like this? And that's not even including the fans? How on earth do you do that without a vaccine? I don't know. That's their problem to figure out. MMA will be back before football. I guarantee it. And I think in Dana White doing what he was doing, I think he went too far. But, Brian... Cracking the whip in the way that he did, I think he put commissions on notice, which is to say, we're going to try and get back fast. We're going to try and get back as fast as possible. Be our partner in this, and let's figure out what the safety protocol should be. Now, that's going to take time because the virus sets the schedule. But I think if there's any good coming out of this, when they come back, I think there's a reason to believe they'll come back with commission sanctioning. And that commission sanctioning will open up the doors, not merely to UFC, but to any promoter who can then follow their guidelines. It gives me some hope.
0: That's fair. That's fair. And I do echo what you're saying on the idea that long-term, there's no real PR damage because in the, in this, in the world of casual sports, UFC MMA is always going to be the guy from the other side of the tracks that comes to the prom with the tattoos. You're like, Oh, but he's a really nice guy. But the, oh, then the fight breaks out and he stabs somebody. Cause that's who he is. So, There was always going to be a limit. I think we've already hit the ceiling to the idea of how mainstream could UFC go? How far could it go? It went pretty damn far, right? Reality TV show, ESPN deal. Like, I mean, it went pretty damn far, but it's still cage fighting at the end of the day. And I say that with full love and respect. This is still the combat sport. This is still the red light district of actual sports. They are who we thought they were at the end of the day, and that's that's really nothing bad right there. People will come back for the big fights, but no real long-term damage, obviously, unless the card did go on, somebody got hurt badly, it, it led to something bad. But, uh, man, like, just to close here, the, the real tipping, the real jumping-off point where it just got so bizarre was the whole... Friggin' fight. Island! Like, I still can't believe this is actually happening. That's the only element of this, Luke, that I'm still like, was I in a dream last week? This will be the thing we remember most. It has to be.
1: Get to that here with our third topic, if we can, Jay, as I expertly turn to my right here to give space for the graphic, like the true professional that I am in these very, very high tech studios that we have. Fight Island appears to be a thing. Now, we don't know in what body of water it is in, We don't know exactly when it's going to be open, although UFC President Dana White said the infrastructure should be done in about a month or so, give or take, and that we'll have to see how things go from there, Brian. Again, I'm hoping that they wait for some kind of official state sanctioning to get going somewhere, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. In terms of Fight Island, Brian, what are you most excited about? What do you want to see? What really gets your imagination going about this whole concept.
0: Uh, look, I, I, I don't think it's real. Luke, I'm not trying to be a, a, a truther, <laughs> a fight Island truther. Do I believe Dana White looked into it? Do I believe maybe even he purchased it? I don't know. Maybe I don't believe we'll actually ever get there because I think it's, it's even more bizarre than what went on last week with the tribal ground potential of the Tai Chi palace in, in California and where two, 249 was supposed to happen this weekend. Um, Yeah, I could sit here and say, I want sharks with freaking laser beams and, and go all weird and give you what, let's make Fight Island as cool an action movie as possible. I I think that's the wrong step for UFC. I don't actually think we will get there. Maybe it's, it's a little posturing from Dana just to show everybody just to maybe even to show his bosses, uh, you know, his quasi bosses at Disney and ESPN that, okay, at the end of the day, your, your voice is the loudest one. But, but again, just to let you know, I can and will pull this off. And unless you help me figure this out, um, I'm going to go to this crazy island and have Savage Fights on there. I really think, again, Fight Island should be the UFC Apex Center in Vegas with the PI next door. Put a bunch of bunk rooms in there. You already have world-class chefs in, in training and instruction and recovery. Make that your home, um, even if that means UFC, which Dana had teased on creating their own medical infrastructure that doesn't take away beds in a hospital from COVID patients for fight related injuries. I do think there are a way we can make this happen. I'm going to say it right now. The shovels will never hit the ground. We will not see a fight somewhere on international waters because look, that's a regressive step backwards for the, the, you know, I mean, I I just mentioned that it's only going to be so mainstream, but I think that's a giant step backwards for the sport.
1: Wow, that's interesting. I did not think you would say that. I think it could be, depending on how it's used, I think it could be just fine, depending on how it's used, which is to say the following. Like, if they come back in a month and we're still kind of in this holding pattern where 1,500 to 2,000 Americans are dying each day, maybe not in New York, maybe it's now moved to Florida, maybe it's moved to Atlanta, maybe it's moved to DC, God, you know, who knows. Um, the head of biotech at Morgan Stanley made a point about this. It's going to have a long tail, right? It's going to be this sort of undulating path of peaks and valleys in terms of places it hits in the United States. If that's the case and the commissions still have not put together protocol, yeah, that could be bad. On the other hand, if they wait just a little bit and they go with the blessing of some kind of commission of, of, uh, you know, putatively believed to be, you know, on the right side of the sport – I think it could be just fine and outright interesting. You know, the NBA's attempt at getting horse going is DOA because they're just trying to do a cheaper version of the real thing. If Dana avoids that, I don't I, I, I feel to understand what the problem is. Now I'm not as enamored with the idea of fighting on an island, like enter the dragon style as most people. I watched Bodog fight with Calvin Air. I saw uh, Karina Dam do the whole uh, capoeira dance when she was fighting off there. I saw Jorge Masvidal fight Eve's Edwards out there. I've seen lots of crazy things already happen. But if it, if it can happen in a way where fans want something fresh, they want something new. Like, What's one complaint about fans that they have about UFC's product? And not the fights themselves per se, but like it doesn't matter if they're in Toledo, Ohio, or Las Vegas. All the arenas kind of look the same on the inside. Well, here's a chance. To have it look a little bit different, to maybe have some fights in the daylight, to have reality programming put around it, to just have a new, I don't know, uh, um, you can't reinvent the wheel, but you can get the wheel spinning maybe in a different direction. The metaphor is broken and shitty, but you know what I'm trying to say, Brian. It's a chance at doing something a little bit different, a little bit new, even if it's kind of the same old thing. I just think if you wait for just the right moment, this is not going to be some creative boom but it'll be a great reward to the fans when the timing is right.
0: All right, so so let's, let's give 30 seconds to the aesthetics of making it as cool and unique as possible. Is it outdoors? Is it on the beach with a view of the water behind it? I hope. Okay. I'd like men with machine guns standing at each corner where the cameras are.
1: <laughs> Dude, did you ever watch that stuff that they had? I think it aired on Fight Pass for a time. It was called Karate Combat, and it was like sort of this full-context style of karate. These dudes were totally inspired by like 1980s aesthetics. So they would have fights out with like sports cars, like high end sports cars on the outside, or at the top of really tall buildings, or all the things you would see in video games, or wherever the final boss was in some martial arts movie. And it made for a great and fun atmosphere. Having a little fun in the sport, if that's what Fight Island ends up being, what could go, what, what's so bad about
0: that? Remember you used to wake up in the 90s and watch ESPN in the morning and there'd be like Kiana's, uh, you'd watch it preferably without pants. There'd be a Kiana's workout show from like an aircraft carrier or from like a beach in Hawaii. Maybe we should uh, experiment with something like that. Get that guy Gilad back. Remember that dude? He had ripped abs. I don't
1: remember Gilad. I do remember Kiana. I don't remember Gilad though. Wow. I cannot believe you were so down. I thought Fight Island would have been your magnum opus, your chance to paint the world's greatest Brian Campbell imagination painting. You are so down on this. You want the dark, underground, damp, musty old basement of familiarity again, huh?
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hitting a, another. I mean, look, we go through waves. There's a hamster wheel this, this COVID season. But uh, I'm back in. Just get me back to normal, please. I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know, Luke. I'm struggling here. All right?
1: All right. All right. By the way, if, they, if let's assume you think it is real, right? Or maybe, maybe you don't. Let's assume that it's real. Where is it?
0: I'm really tied up on that Eddie Murphy conspiracy because he's an Endeavor client and he reportedly owns a uh, island in the Bahamas. Uh, but I have no idea. I mean, you'd want it in a. You, OK, joke. OK, Jay. Sorry. Luke's got another job. I got it. Um, You'd want it in a spot <laughs> where the largest hub of international fighters could could fly there safely um i don't know luke it's dude it's what, do so wanna, bizarre, what do you want to what do
1: you want to bet that fight island is just hawaii
0: <laughs> well yeah maybe it's the aloha Bowl. maybe uh maybe it's uh yeah forget the 10th island maybe it's the it's actual like, first
1: island right it's like we're building this infrastructure we're gonna call it Blaisdell arena for no particular reason <laughs> what do you want to bet it's just actually it's, it's like some fucking remote part of hawaii Uh, All right. Well, whatever. Uh, We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there as well, which takes us to our next topic.
3: The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
1: Now, uh, Daniel Cormier, a man well-liked within the industry by and large, gave an interview, I forget if it was to ESPN or to uh, MMA Fighting, but he basically was asked, would you ever want to take over as president for the UFC? And he was very clear, he's like, hey, Dana's going to be here for a long time. We don't have to worry about that, but it wasn't a gig that he had scoffed at. So Brian, I'll I'll pitch it back to you on this one. How good of a president of the ultimate fighting championship would Daniel Cormier be?
0: I gotta be honest. He would probably be the perfect choice uh, because we're always thinking, you know, we only really known Dana White in this room. I mean, Art Davey before that or whatever, but we've only really known Dana White on this level of a guy who's, you know, trash talking, slick street, street smart guy. And when you're thinking of who could replace that, you know, you've heard Chael Sonnen's name thrown out a lot through the years of a guy who's in that ilk. But Daniel Cormier really has that sort of like lovable, believable, nice guy, politician side into him as well. And I think that in so many ways because you would want somebody in that role who was a fighter who had giant success and was beloved ultimately and I certainly don't know about his you know business acumen and his cutthroat abilities like that but if you're just using someone more in a figurehead role to represent you I, I really is there a better choice than him I like it's he it's like he almost has that second career George Foreman lovability to him.
1: Here's the thing I worry about with this. It's like any, t- like it's, it, we've seen former fighters turn promoters a lot on the regional level. You've seen it in boxing with like De La Hoya and mm-hmm. Golden Boy. You saw it in Pride with Nobuhiko Takata. He became sort of a figurehead there in, in Pride for the Mazal Asin. I think he's still working with Dream as well. So we've seen that transition, but I don't know how well it would work for Daniel. And here's what I mean. Uh, Daniel he, he obviously is is smart. He is media savvy. He is very well liked by the media for and, and the fan base now, which we did not used to be, but he is now. Um, he he could do the job in terms of the boardroom, and maybe even most of the media side of it, which is which is a big part of it, right? On the other hand, like if you want to do that job correctly, not just as spokesperson but as president. A lot of your interests don't align with the fighters' interests, right? I, I mean, I, I know fighters point. think that their interests and the UFC's interests are one and the same. They are in many respects, but there's many respects where that's not the case. Are you prepared as a person to come out and advocate for b- different positions that are not necessarily in the fighters' interest, like not paying them more than 15 to 18% per year or making matches or fights or demanding certain things from them?
3: It's a great that they point,
1: Right, so here's my thing. Because people used to say, "Oh, Brian Stan would be a good president." I'm like, dude, he'd be the worst one because he's brilliant. Yes, he's good on the mic. Yes, he was a fighter. All all those things, but it would require something of him I don't think he would want to do. The question is, and I don't know the answer, Brian. Does he really want to, on occasion, take a position that's not in their interest because it is in the interest of the organization he's heading? Mm, I'm a, I'm a little skeptical of that.
0: Yeah, see, I how I just broke down why I thought he was perfect for it really is from the idea of if you're looking for a figurehead, you mentioned the media savviness, who really, to be honest, could help that that brand get more mainstream, get in more living rooms. Well, yeah, that's the guy you'd want to bring on Sports Center and handle things. I would think he could be he could even handle tough things in a very pleasing way. But you are right on the idea of a promoter at its core is for the fighters, but more for money, more for success, more for financial gain in the end. And it's always that that great divide. Like, look, we need UFC to, to treat fighters better, right? But their history of not treating fighters better has given us a long history of great fights. And you see that even in boxing today, where I think, you know, you give Al Heyman and the PBC a lot of credit for in some ways altering and changing the game. We saw when Floyd Mayweather's pay-per-view rise came, you saw a fighter in the driver's seat uh, eliminating the middlemen, like really was in control of everything. And that was great to see. We also didn't see the kind of forced great matchmaking that we saw 20 years earlier with the Don Kings and the Bob Arum types who, who had at times gotten accused of certain things in their treatment of fighters. So there is a really interesting divide there. Um, Spokesperson. Yes. But unproven whether he could go behind the scenes and make those tough calls. And I will give Dana a positive on this. Dana's largely undefeated with fans, no matter what he does uh, with his mouth controversially. And that's because he always delivers. And whether you love or hate what happened last week, Luke, and we already covered that in the opening segment, good Lord was that positive for the fans if you're just like, I don't care. I just want to see fights. That's your guy. Could DC be that guy? Would he want to be that guy? Would there be people behind the scenes that could fill that role when it eventually becomes time for Dana to step down? That's the sort of larger, deeper debate. I mean,
1: look at how Canelo has gotten sideways with Oscar, right? It's like Oscar, however you want to, however you want to assign that debate, I've seen Cormier get sideways with rivals as a competitor. Does he mind, and again, I don't know the answer to this, but does he mind getting sideways with other fighters from a business standpoint as he represents an organization's interest? And there's nothing wrong necessarily with representing that organization's interest, but the idea that at every time they're going to be aligned all the way down is not true. The question you have to have to ask yourself is, what side do you want to be on? And that's a difficult choice, I think, for anybody. Now, it takes us to our last topic, Brian, and I'm going to, I'm going to really lean on your expertise here But it goes something like this, Ronda Rousey, your former bantamweight champion, one of the most successful fighters in terms of uh, stardom, certainly in UFC history, Uh, Ronda Rousey went on Steve-O's podcast, and on this podcast, she said a number of things. Now, I have familiarized myself with them. She talked about WWE, saying she liked the artistry of it, the theater, but she called it fake fights. And worse, she said, if I'm going to be making this money, and even though I'm working part-time, I'm gone 200 days a year... I I don't need this money if I'm going to be living a certain lifestyle and I have to do it in front of these, and this is the word she used, ungrateful fans. Brian, here is my central question about all this, which I just can't quite figure out. Why is she doing this? Is this some wrestling angle or is she just a malcontent no matter where she goes?
0: All right, right when it happens, you're like, man, this is validation of why we shouldn't like Ronda Rousey the person. She sucks. And look, I'm not gonna She handles things horrifically from a PR standpoint in the face of any type of loss or pushback. Um what has happened since this? We saw uh, a female wrestler, Nia Jax of WWE, come out and, and you know, basically put out like an F Ronda tweet. I can't wait to get back in the ring with her. Yes, I'll do the job and make her look good because that's the only way she'll look good. But I'm going to have pleasure in being the first to kick her ass, blah, blah, blah. Right when you read that tweet, you're like, oh, wait, are they working me? Is this an old Carney trick so that when she does come back to WWE and, and just to let everyone know a little more than a year ago at WrestleMania 35 was her last match. She stepped aside, you know, under the precipice of, of wanting to start a family and there'd been rumblings the last six months that she's really getting that itch to come back. So is this the beginning of a heel turn for her within the wrestling game, right? What's the biggest heel move you can do? turn on the fans by ripping them and then rip the entire structure in the business and and basically act like, you know, I'm a real fighter, I'm better than this. That actually makes sense storyline-wise if you're a day-to-day, week-to-week WWE fan because WWE has wanted for a long time to cash in on this angle, which is... The original four horsewomen, Ric Flair's daughter Charlotte Flair, and a bunch of other stars that came up through NXT together against Rousey's four horsewomen, who, of course, we know her old MMA training partners who now wrestle in WWE Shanna Baszler, Jessamine Duke, and Marina Schaefer. So if that's the build to get us there, then it, it kind of makes sense. But if that's what this is, then it's like yawn. It's either that and it's lame or it's real Luke and you're like holy crap is Ronda soft and i and i look I'm not, i don't i don't pile on ronda i don't i don't try to put on the head kick and the head movement and do all that and, and rub it in more her 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 social media videos are cringe i don't need to see that close of a look inside her kitchen with Travis brown but if she's actually really putting this on the fans when she was propped up and put forward in such a positive light by WWE and the only time the fans really got on her was in parts of that rise, when she was just plain brutal on the microphone. And by the way, if you didn't watch her in WWE, she was incredible in the ring, in- a natural, had her own unique style, incredible, pretty cringe on the microphone, as you might expect. That's when some of the fans turned on her. But if that's like the the real case, Luke, it's like wow, another another strike against um, me. Really, not just being completely done with the Rousey brand at this point.
1: Well, here's the thing. I, okay, again, I, I this is why I don't. I, I would rather have my balls dropped onto a bear trap and then have to deal with the consequences of that rather than watch five seconds of pro wrestling. But this is what I don't understand. What is wrong with the idea of her being the villain, right? Because even if this is not real, and this is all just a setup, I mean, what she pulled at UFC 207, uh, the various things she said at other times to just kind of piss a lot of people off. As somebody, Brian, who naturally pisses a lot of people off, I understand my brethren... When I see them, if you're Vince McMahon, why wouldn't you actually lean, in, lean into that? Like, to me, that might be more authentic than just like this undue adulation for, yes, a talented physical competitor, but for somebody who, you know, kind of
0: hard to like. Well, they will eventually if she, like what came out of that tweet was the idea of, oh, she's never going to go back now. She's happy at home. Why would I do this full time style? That's what really leads me to believe that this is a work because any, again, anybody that watched her in her one year, one year plus there, um, she wasn't that great as a babyface as a hero. Great, again, great in the ring, not good on the mic. Who was she in her UFC prime and Strikeforce prime, Luke? a heel as a personality against all of her competitors with the, the resting bitch face, all of that stuff. So (laughs) she would be so much better as a heel in pro wrestling, which ultimately leads me to believe this is a work. She actually loves the business. Luke like loves it. I don't believe she would turn on it that, that hardcore publicly so quick. I believe this is more of her thinking she's getting people.
1: Well, this is why I don't watch pro wrestling because it's dumb. Uh, okay. Well, with that, <laughs> I'm just being a shithead.
0: Sorry. Hoppa, Hoppa's uh, going to kick your ass, Luke. And I'm going to yeah, be there. I Todd know. Grisham and I are going to be there to watch it. By the way, I can't believe you no know, soul how good that round was that I watched with Grisham in his basement. Travis Brown, Arlovsky, round one, the thing, fire. And you're just like, yeah, I think it was It's bar, okay. Right? Yeah. It's okay.
1: It's all right. It's not that great. Uh, okay.
2: Selling a little or a lot. up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: With that in mind, it is time now for is I never know the name of this segment. Is it DMs with Donks? DMs from Donks? Yeah, from
0: Donks. They send it to us.
1: All right, there you go. So it's the questions from DaFans. By the way, if you ever want to get in on this, we always post uh, a picture on Instagram on Sundays soliciting questions. Fire one up there if you want to get one in. So first one is from Fluffy BJJ, Brian. Could Darren Till's loyalty to his gym, Kaoban, be detrimental to his progress? Should he not uh, try to align with a technical mastermind if he is want to take down Israel Adesanya. Brian, I got to say, I don't understand this criticism. Kale Bond is actually a great team out of the UK. Uh, number one, they produced several UFC caliber fighters. Two, if there was any lesson from the Gastelum fight, it's not to say that he doesn't have any further to go, but that he made enormous progress between the Masvidal fight and the Gastelum fight. Not merely in sort of technical maturity, although that is part of it as well. Really understanding angles, sticking to a disciplined game plan, fighting to some of his strengths. But he made a a, a mentally mature one as well. He grew up. It's like, I don't understand what the problem is. Yes, he ran into a bit of a roadblock there. If he had lost to Gastelum, maybe switch some things up. He not only won, and I know it wasn't like spectacular KO, but to me, the lessons that he learned and what that performance showed indicated leaving that team now doesn't seem like a necessary call at all.
0: Yeah, you'd need a bad loss to really fuel this argument. Let's be real of who he was, Luke. He was someone they thought was had potential to be another Connor at the time that Connor was red hot. He achieved a certain status that I don't think he really deserved. He was a good fighter, not great. And, you know, okay, blew out uh, too busy, washed Cerrone. I didn't think he won against Thompson, and then suddenly he's in there for the title. And I think he rightfully showed you where he's at. Now, to his credit, boy, did he turn that around, was forced to go up a weight class and figured out who he is at this weight class, and he's slowly getting better. I think he's he's a really solid fighter who still has very bright potential. A little bit too early for that donk to uh, be jumping in my DMs, even though I've never been a big Darren Till guy, but... He's a pretty, pretty damn good fighter, and I think he's only getting better.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't high on him before, especially after the losses. I mean, I knew he was good, but I didn't think he was like, as good as like, advertised. And then he just amazed me with that performance against Gaslam. So, no, man, it, it's not broken, so there's not a need to fix in terms of where he's at. Yeah, All step right, we up now your go...
0: DM game, donks. Let's go. Yeah,
1: that's right. This comes from Mr. Moberg. Uh, Brian, what is your favorite Fedor Emelianenko moment?
0: Wow! Wow! All right. Um. Great question. I'll tell you the saddest Fedor Emelianko moment when uh <laughs> when Giant Silva sat on his face for five minutes and turned his face into hamburger. That was I was uh, there. I was that there. That was tough to endure. Uh, uh. Honorable mention for the greatest Fedor moment was that half second when I thought he knocked out Hendo and I was like, Oh my god! But no, seriously. Um.
1: Would you like me to go on this one? And then you think all about right, it? Look,
0: look, the, the crow cop fight. The crow cop fight, the build toward it was like this is the epic all time super heavyweight superhero guy versus guy, and he won it. So to me, yeah, that's the greatest, mo- that's the mountaintop Fedor for me right there.
1: All right. So, uh, first of all, I was at that Strike Force event when he fought Bigfoot. Strike Force must have hated me at the time because do you remember how they gave everyone those jerseys and they all walked out pride? Not jerseys, but like the letter jackets, you know? And they all, the varsity jackets. And they all walked out and there was like the pyro and stuff. They literally sat me so far back that there were no seats behind me. And when the pyro went off, it was hot to the back of my neck. Like they they couldn't have put me further away, number one. Number two, I was at the Izod Center, which I don't think exists anymore. The screen for that, like the jumbotron at the Izod Center, is smaller than my Mac right here that I'm watching the show on. (laughs) <laughs> so it was like and I couldn't see anything because everyone's standing up in front of you. I, I was like, wow, Strike Force, message re- <laughs> message received. You don't yep. like me. Now, speaking of the high moments of uh Fedor's reign, to me it's the Fujita fight. Because in the Fujita fight, you had a heavyweight in Fujita, which the Japanese loved. Of course, they had never had a heavyweight champion before. And Fedor was expected to just run right over him, and Fujita cracked him and rocked him. And there was a moment there where you thought Fedor was going to lose. You can actually hear Steven Quadros say, oh my God, Fedor is in huge trouble because you couldn't believe it. And then he found a way to hang on, got to his feet, body kicked him and then dropped him with, I think a left hook could have been a right hook. I have to go back and watch and then finished him off. And Rampage Jackson was helping Boz and Steven Quadros commentate at the time and said, that's what a champion does. That was a championship moment right there because he got hurt he was not supposed to, but he found a way to battle back. That was Fedor to me. Um, yeah. I don't know, in his prime, but it showed you what kind of metal he had inside. I mean,
0: a championship moment is getting pile driven onto your neck and head and then standing right up like it didn't happen. And we've seen him do that right. as well. He's an absolute cyborg. And we've also seen you uh, remove his potential taste for interviews and, and, and specifically <laughs> rob me of my opportunity. So thanks, Luke. Thanks again. <laughs> I, you know what I
1: did? I did you hey, a favor. Hey, Fedor, what's your wait, favorite you, you Russian You look at this steward, all the bro. wrong way. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I do you a favor because I fell on the sword for everyone so that you didn't have to have another bad interview that day. You're bro, welcome. Bro, I was
0: going to talk about the sweater, how many times he washes it, what does it smell like, and you're like, well, when it comes to uh, dubbed Russian film, which which direction do you like to go? Are you more of a neo-cultured neo And it's like, come on, look, come on, bro. <laughs> Hey, right. bro.
1: Listen, I was trying. He didn't want to give me anything. I went to the bottom of the barrel on that one. All
0: right. You know that lady who speaks for him? Do you think they're a, an, an item?
1: No, they have a weird, like, transactional energy between them. Well, Very. there are people
0: who 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 are items because of transactions in this world.
1: Yeah, but not like that kind. Okay. Uh, all right. So moving on here at Aurelius ninety two. See, I don't understand this question. Who was a worse interview, Joanna and or Ronda Rousey? When you bring up her getting knocked out. I understand like, the
0: question completely.
1: Why? Because you want, not a bad interview.
0: No, they're talking about who's more insecure at their own, um, worst. Oh, in either you case referenced. you mean
1: like in either case of asking them if they got yes. knocked out
0: in, in you I have never had a problem with, I I've talked to, I mean, look, she, she certainly doesn't want to delve deeply into the psyche of defeat in, in that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, I love her and it goes beyond her Instagram page. Luke. I'm I'm I I one day I will be the middleman that repairs that relationship in your life professionally as well as others. But uh, I'll start with that one. But uh she's she's great. Rhonda's the worst. You can't even she did not do any media ahead of the Amanda fight. I mean she's the worst.
1: Rhonda Rhonda is by far the worst to the point where she only does granted these are shows with bigger profiles. But she'll do that one. I was, I was looking at what was trending on YouTube over the weekend. She like, made breakfast burritos with Gordon Ramsay. You know? She'll do stuff like that or uh, Steve-O's podcast, whether it's a you know, fake or a real kind of thing. But anybody, or uh, Ka- Kathy Lee and like, Michael Strahan, or her, not Kathy Lee, Kelly and Michael Strahan, like anybody who won't, like, the kind of person you can go to and be like, okay, don't ask about this, don't ask about that, don't ask yes. about that, are we cool? And they'll I- say, yeah, no problem. Uh, Joanna's not that way. I mean, whatever my issues are with her, they've got nothing to do with that. I recognize. And by the way, dude, it's got to be hard to talk about that. You know, it's going to be hard to be like, oh, yeah, remember, right. you got to knock the fuck out. Like, it's not an easy thing.
0: No, not at all. So, uh, by the way, did you see Rousey and Hoppa like a month ago basically flirting on Twitter about butt stuff? It got really gross, Luke. It got, did you know, you know what I'm talking about so I don't have to explain it?
1: No, actually, I didn't.
0: Oh, God. He was... Uh, Remember that scene in Cruel Intentions when Sarah Michelle Gellar was like, you can put it anywhere. They kind of had that conversation and then Rosie's bringing up poop and it really went, I, I'm done. I'm done right now. Okay, thank you. I'm they done. were
1: talking about anal?
0: They were. They were publicly. That's why they. I, I'm too deep into their kid. I, I actually unfollowed <laughs> both of them.
1: Oh, yeah, that's awful. Yeah. That is truly a crime against humanity. Yes, uh, all right. Well, moving on then. Uh, this goes to us from... You know, I can't read this, Jay, so just throw it up on the goddamn screen because I can't see the notes in my email. Uh, This comes from Natraj Kavirignani. Would BC be willing to go to to a death metal concert with Luke if Luke agrees to try the best gas station hot dogs, according to BC, once a week for a month? BC, I'll answer this question from my side very easily. When we get back to those famous studios in Malka, next to the Chinese restaurant... And you want to bring every Monday one hot dog for me to try on air. <laughs> I will do, I will do that, but you have to come with me to a dying fetus show. Uh, what do you that's say? such
0: a horrible offer because on one side, like, you know how our brethren at showtime, uh, Brendan Schaub, um, has the great, the food truck diaries is like a institution. It's, it's great. It's it, uh, you and I should be doing that at like Cumberland farms, Luke together. Where I'm like, look, you got to try this tornado. The one that has like the maple syrup inside. It's friggin amazing. But then I got to go to like, like Cannibal Corp. Like, oh god, it's the worst. That's. A, I even went to a Twisted Sister show one time and stood in the front row, and I was like, eh, you know, it's. Eh. Yeah, but
1: Twisted Sister is for you know losers right? and lamos.
0: It's soft, and I was just like, I, I don't want to go in this direction. But um.
1: Do you like? What do you listen to? You listen to people like? Do you, do you need a hug and a good cry when you listen to music?
0: No, no, I I like I, I like it. I like hard rock. I love indie stuff haunting you know i love jam band i love a lot of stuff luke that gives that gives you like fish
1: you like fish like grateful dead you know that kind of sorry shit You're
0: damn right i do luke okay okay do you know how there's like a you know like a dog whistle i could blow like you remember that scene in back to the future i could blow it in the hardware store no one would hear it except for the dog um the dead and the fish and jam bands have this way of playing high-pitched guitar notes that only a stoner can hear you know what i'm saying
1: uh, you, you talk about you having old balls. I'm more convinced your balls haven't dropped yet.
0: I, I again, Luke. I don't. I mean, like you're a very smart man, much smarter than me. You're a you're a. I don't believe that institutionalized educational tyrant. And then you listen to like abortion rock. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't last connect. last
1: thing on this. What is the worst that could happen? Bring earplugs and get drunk. Who cares?
0: Do, is right? there any satanic rituals during these or is that or you don't know
1: uh, is drinking a Bud Light a satanic ritual? All right.
0: I'll uh, yes. For the for the sake of entertainment. Yes, I will do this. OK, I'll
1: Dude, do this. You, uh, here's what I'm saying. I have to do four things for your one. Uh, you don't even have to pay for the ticket and you can get drunk and wear earplugs. This is the easiest thing to say yes to in the world.
0: Will morning combat cameras be rolling?
1: Yeah. Oh, I would absolutely bring a camera to document all of your absolute misery, 100%. Okay.
0: I, I'm going to request Jay as my documentarian. I don't know if you've ever seen Back in Jay, Time would you Who go?
1: Jay, would you go? And of course, when you need Jay to come to the microphone, he doesn't. What?
0: Oh, he said angry. yes. There you he's go. He said wow, yes. we got him angry.
1: Uh, you know, could you just maybe talk a little faster? Okay, we go to our last one here. Uh, again, I can't read this, so just throw it on the screen. From Anvik. What things annoy you to no end? I hate to hear people eating. Doesn't matter who they are, friends, family, and strangers. Dogs get a pass, though. It's called misphonia, which I have the same exact thing. What about you, Brian?
0: Um, my biggest pet peeve in life is when I'm eating especially in a work-related situation when you don't have a lot of time and someone engages me in, in co- deep conversation when I'm in full-on aggressive attack chow mode. You know, imagine, you know, I used to work in a factory at some point. You got a 15-minute break and, you know, you just want to make love to that food. It's fuel. You're just, you know, you're Sean Shirk in that thing, Luke, okay? Because you need you need to get through that afternoon shift. It's different when it's family dinner and the kids are telling me about school and we're all connecting. But outside of that... Uh, you know, you and I go out to eat. We can crack jokes, have beers. But when I when I'm when I'm attacking that food, don't talk. Don't talk to me. No, leave me alone. What
1: What factory did you work in? What did you do? Because I've worked in a factory as well. What did you do?
0: I was uh, This was I had like a, a, a midlife crisis in my twenties. I sort of reset for a year. The only year of my life since 1995 that I didn't write about sports in some form. I was a shipping and receiving manager at a small parts factory.
1: So I had a job for a summer once because I had to make some cash where I had to get up at five, be at the factory, like 545, six, the furniture would start coming down the line. And I had to wrap the furniture to be shipped into the yes. trucks. That was a hard job, bro. That was, that was I, a hard job.
0: Crop tobacco, too. I had a forklift license, Luke. I was awesome at it, too. Did you really? That's pretty cool. I did stall it in the middle of the road one time. That's a long story (laughs) as (laughs) well. Had to leave it there until the guy could come to fix it. It was was awkward, yeah.
1: You were like Bill Murray in stripes. Oh, I'm not parking this. I'm just abandoning it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, that's it for DMs from Donks for today, which takes us to Brian's favorite segment of the week. Brian, take it away. Yes, (laughs) please.
0: You know, we scour the globe for the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between in combat sports. And beyond, Luke, have you actually, in fact, seen this shit? Are you ready? This is a long one today. You could argue this will be our best segment in Hytshs history, Luke. All right, you ready? Here we go. Let's start here with some actual ah, combat. These old bastards oh, old men, oh, part no. three. But look at the technique on these guys. They're going for the kill right here, Luke.
1: Dude, this is elder abuse. Oh
0: God, he's throwing, throwing elbows.
1: This our 2020 election won't be nearly this good.
0: Who sanctioned this, Luke?
1: Oh, nobody who cares about human life and dignity.
0: I want to hate on it, but they're like they're going for it, Luke. Dude, they're throwing elbows. Yeah, oh yeah, they're throwing hate right now.
1: What is the combined age of all three men in this ring? Two hundred.
0: I'm gonna say the the balder fighter is like 68. And the guy with the with the dyed hair, I know, because I used to dye mine before this awful haircut. Um, has got to be like sixty in the red gloves.
1: Wait, 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 you dye your hair?
0: Yeah, yeah, Luke, I'm a professional performer. All right, I gotta, I gotta keep things young, okay? Well, no, you, you don't. All right, well, thank you, thank you. We killed that segment. Hey, let's move <laughs> on from here, Luke. Hey, you want to see a dead body? Here's the best spinning back fist in MMA history. You ready for this, Luke? Like, eight people sent it to me this week. Good God.
1: Oh, Jesus. Oh, my
0: God, Luke. Check out the... Uh, look how tight that is. That's tighter than the ring dance, Luke. Do you see that? No,
1: the Ricardo uh spinning backfist is better than this one. But this one is especially brutal. I mean, no, no, but straight Lord. up, that's
0: 2013 Vitor Belfort mohawk level tight on the finishing move. You know what I mean? Remember those that spinning kicks? That is
1: ridiculous. That is brutality at its worst.
0: It's so brutal, I'd love to find out this guy's name. Find out if he ever TNT'd, but that's for another day. Hey, Luke, let's roll on to Jim Fails. Nothing pops Luke Thomas like Jim Fails. You ready for this? I do love
1: Jim Fails, yes. All
0: right, is this a pull-up or a chin-up? You tell me. I know you're very hard on Phil Sims and others for this, but uh, this guy getting a running start on this, Luke. Look at that guy watching. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, Houston. Houston, we have a problem, Luke yikes
1: oh oh that is all you can see he's running like a goober all tight armed and shit you know you can just tell going way too far out trying to be all dramatic with it
0: remember that time i wasn't allowed to show a dead body on this segment they got mad at me are we allowed to show what paralyzation
1: oh dude That is fucking karma. Why can't you just get under the bar and then jump and go grab it?
0: Yeah, that's bad. I mean, but he's a goober. You're right. Shout out to that guy. He'll never. The gym has
1: nice equipment, though.
0: Yeah, he'll never turn his head again. Hey, let's move on here. Uh, We see a lot of these coming out from the box jump misses, but this might be the worst I've ever seen, Luke, here.
1: Dude, God bless the inventor of yoga pants. Oh. Oh.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Take away a point. That's to the back of the head, Luke. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Little you in ever the try middle, these things? Got much back? Ow. All right, thank you. Hey, Luke. Um, speaking of um, speaking of old guys, uh, it's backyard football time, Luke. You know, quarantine season, y- you got to find new hobbies. Uh Watch this halfback pitch right! Oh, watch the hit the circle ball! Oh my god!
1: <laughs> Dude, can I just be clear about this? Every week, you have some old person fucking <laughs> taking a taking a dirt. <laughs> taking a dirt nap (laughs) it is your watching old people get fucked up
0: that is your favorite thing in the world i was gonna say hit the circle button get the spin move no no (laughs) oh
1: Oh. and you had the temerity to make fun of me for phil sims yeah love you love
0: elder abuse uh, speaking of haircuts, Luke, I found a bo- new barber for you in DC. Lot less than a hundred bucks. Check this out. See if you're into this. He's got some <laughs> experimental techniques. <laughs> oh, fuck. oh god, oh no, no! That's assault, brother.
1: Dude, is this like one of those like uh, you ever go to those like Japanese steakhouses where they're doing yes. all that fancy shit? You know,
0: it's a and hibachi like, haircut. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's a hibachi haircut. Exactly.
0: Wow. Fire Dude, he's getting roughed right That's up, great. man. Uh, let's move on to the hero of our show, the spirit animal of our show. You know Andy King from uh, yeah. Fire Festival,
1: the guy who would you know suck Check a thing for a thing. Check out this bottle cap
0: challenge, Luke. Andy King's about to win the bottle cap challenge. I follow him on on Instagram now. Oh, should we call it a blowjob, Luke?
1: It's a it's a lot of pink this man is wearing.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's got pink shorts, like a purple shirt, and then like pink. Rosé or whatever the fuck he's you drinking. You can follow here. him
0: at Real Andy King. This is from his IG account. Uh, what does a... he
1: do now? Do we know?
0: We, well, he, <laughs> we know <laughs> he takes one for the team, Luke. Just so you know, okay.
1: like, but it appears to be financially rewarding. Seems like he's got a nice house.
0: Well, it's raining men, hallelujah here. Hey, Luke, uh, we know Tiger King has taken over the world. Jay just told me there's a new episode on Netflix. I got to check out.
1: I watched it last night.
0: Ooh, is it good? No. All right. Well, uh, Tiger King art is also taking over uh, social media and popular culture in terms of dress up, in terms of art. Here's Sylvester Stallone as Jeff Lowe and his daughter as Joe Exotic. Thumbs up.
1: Not bad. It's not Halloween. They just randomly decided to do this.
0: Well, it's quarantine season, Luke. You got to fill time. Couples oh, need to I fill see. time. Okay, let's go Some to MMA's first family here. You ready? Check out Tisha Torres as Joe Exotic. And I think that's Rocky Pennington as Carol Baskin, Luke.
1: Yeah, not bad. I like Tigger being there. That's interesting.
0: You think she'll feed Tisha to a Tiger?
1: By the way, I think Carol Baskin got a raw deal. No one wants to hear that shit, but it's true.
0: Luke, if they fought at a catchweight for control of the uh, comforter, who you got here?
1: Oh, uh, Rocky.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Um. All right. Well, check out this Easter egg art. You know, it was Easter this weekend. So happy that happy Passover to Jay and his family. Check out this artwork here, Luke. these are eggs. These are. waves.
1: bro. Cre- you don't think that's creepy as shit? No, that I think like that's some,
0: brilliant. Look at the that basket. Like some, that
1: looks like some voodoo exhibit I saw half drunk in New Orleans.
0: Look at the basket. That's fantastic, Luke. I got you a piece of um artwork for your uh for your house here to to honor Joe Exotic in his um in the sanctity of marriage. What do you think <laughs> about this,
1: Luke? Did you commission this?
0: <laughs> it's fantastic. I would, I would seriously put that up in my office. It is, bro. The dude, the
1: dude, so if you see the next episode, I won't ruin much of it, but I will say the dude in the front because Joe is in prison. The dude in the back is dead, so the dude in the front, yeah, he, John uh, he, yeah, he has all his teeth now, or he has yes. fake teeth. But R.I.P.
0: R. Travis Maldonado. He took a, he took a hard fall, Luke.
1: Yeah, which by the way, I didn't realize this. I, they made it sound like it was half accidental, half he was in a bad place. They interviewed the guy who was in the office again for the new episode. Apparently it was completely accidental. Did you were you aware of that?
0: I was not aware of that. They they painted the picture in the doc that it was a uh, suicide.
1: Yeah, like he was just out, you know out of his mind. Not exactly right, apparently. Anyway.
0: Well, a lot of this isn't right, but speaking of John Finley, Luke, would you uh would you remember did you ever see the movie American Pie? Yes. <laughs> uh would you Oh God! <laughs> would you split the uprights there, Luke? Would you? Would you... <laughs> no. All right. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. All right. I, need, I, need, I, 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 I I I just got unrelenting diarrhea because of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, check out this crochet work from from some grandma in the Midwest. Look, this show is catching. I mean, it's taking over people's lives this year, Luke. Can we can we advance the file, Joe? Uh, J. Joe J. Exotic.
1: I'd put I'm telling way. you, bro. I'm telling you, bro. She got a raw deal. No one wants to hear it. Everyone was like, "Oh, no way, she's crazy." I mean, she is crazy, but.
0: And we're gonna close with this on Tiger King. Our, um, I'd wear the. I'd pay at least a hundred dollars for these for these uh, kicks right here. You?
1: Those are the Air Force Ones too. Yeah. Imagine that with over? Joe
0: Exotic. You could do a, a, a C punt on Carol Baskin wearing those. You into that?
1: Yeah, you know what? You wear those, and I'll wear the uh, the Baskin ones, and then together we can be a duo. I love we it. can wear those to the Dying Fetus show.
0: I'm in on that. I'm definitely in on that. I would, yeah. All right. Hey, let's move on here. Check out this football pass, Luke. I'm I'm 100% impressed by this. Tell me your impressive Is this another, is this
1: another old person taking an
0: L? No, this is legit. Look at the tight spiral on that, Luke. That's like voodoo stuff. Is that guy a magician?
1: No, he's Australian, though, right? Probably. I bet you he's a rugby player.
0: Is that part of the training?
1: Uh, underhanded, not behind the back per se, but underhanded spirals are like that. That's their bread and butter.
0: All right. Well, Luke, let's roll on. I got an exercise video for you. Here's a here's another tip for uh, DIY to get in shape when you're when you're home during the quarantine. Check out these push-ups. Not bad, right?
1: For this old bastard? Yeah, that's yep, pretty
0: good. Yeah, Whoa, whoa. Somebody... <laughs> whoa, whoa. God, God. Oh, my God. No. No, no. Uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah, because the Michael Vick of push-ups. What do you want from him, Luke? All
1: right? Come what on. the fuck is wrong with it? Well, I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. All right. I want to close... Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let me, hold on. Let me see him fling this dog one more time. Like a scorpion, just... Lock.
0: Oh, God. I think that's called the Scorpion in the Kama Sutra playbook. I think you get from behind on that. Uh, Luke, we're going to close. You know how every day there's some weird holiday? Time
1: out. Time out. Am I about to look at somebody's unit?
0: (laughs) Today, you know, every day it's like today's Pancake Day. Today's National Siblings Day. Do you know what today is for me, Luke? Because I watch too much of the morning news today. Today is kick corona in the stick day okay so i'm done with this luke i can't go on anymore i cannot do this anymore life in this basement COVID 19 no fights no traveling no friendships today started with my morning coffee 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 kick today in the dick here are some other products that can help you celebrate this day luke tell me if you're in on these okay Mm -hmm. for a snack check out these dick chips you what 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 flavor you think that is luke
1: Uh, ball funk. Uh,
0: here's some light reading you could uh, share with your daughter, Luke. (laughs) God. Uh, here's some, uh, we just got, they just got a couple feet of snow in Denver. Check out this, uh, backyard activity. Cause look, I'm done with this. We need to beat this thing. I'm getting on team Dana. We got to kick COVID in the stick. Okay.
1: I knew I was going to look at some phallic object. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it.
0: You, right. can't all- go,
1: you can't go five minutes without being like, I wish there was a dick to look at.
0: Look, we got to find all the predators in our life who are holding us back. Next file, please. And we got to kick Corona in the stick, all right? Hee-hee!
1: Is that like uh, the wax thing at uh, Madame Tussauds?
0: I think it is. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Uh, here's, some, uh, here's a workout you can do to practice kicking COVID in the stick, Luke high step a little bit i really
1: have to see your curation process for this segment
0: (laughs) i did predict during the off-camera warm-up that this would be where you pulled out not not in that sense but you just you were done you were done with this you Uh, are you are we are we are
1: hurtling towards that at light speed
0: let's let's close with a uh with a cannon blast luke to celebrate national kick corona and the stick day
1: so that's what i used to fire this is a howitzers but okay yeah
0: check Check out that smoke. Luke. Oh,
1: it's a ball and a shaft and a bell end, you fucking bell end. All
0: right, that's all I got. That's that's enough. Too much. Luke, have you seen that shit? That's all I got, all right?
1: Oh, God. Yeah, I love how you're like, dude, I'm kind of sick of being known as the dick guy. You you love being the dick guy. You were born to be the dick guy. You are the dick guy in a way Andy King will never be the dick guy. You understand that? You.
0: You know when I was the dick guy watching Kiana's Flex Appeal? So, shout out to Pat for texting me that. You're damn right that's what that show was called, all right? You think Gilad hit that? Probably.
1: probably- uh, okay. <laughs> With that in mind, it's time for Odds and Ends. Brian Campbell, what is your odds and or ends for today?
0: Well, the the real news on Floyd Mayweather that came over the past week, which is great to hear in light of uh, his former trainer and uncle, Roger Mayweather, passing. He wants to honor him. We've seen some videos come out of the Mayweather Boxing Club of Mayweather training young fighters. He announced that he's going into full-time training. I didn't necessarily see this coming. We know that Floyd has a second career as the uh you know, promoter of Mayweather Promotions, works hand-in-hand with Al Heyman. But uh, where do you think of him as a potential trainer, Luke? Because we have seen the all-time greats in, in team sports sometimes struggle making that transition to coaching. And while we have seen pro boxers become great trainers, I don't know if we've ever seen like an all-time, all-time top-shelf crust elite guy like Floyd. Do you think that can translate?
1: I don't know. You know, sometimes fighters make great trainers. A lot of time, or you know, elite fighters. A lot of times they don't. I, I've had like good coaches before in jujitsu, and most. Not this is not always true, because uh, Gordon Ryan is like a really. good... I mean, I never trained with him, but he's like a very, very effective teacher. But a lot of times, the better ones were the ones who were not necessarily that great. I mean, they were good, but they weren't like super elite because they had to figure out every small detail before they could get advanced. Some of these guys, it just kind of clicks, and it doesn't require a ton of thought about how it's happening when they're, like, very athletic. So it remains to be seen. I think Floyd is a lot smarter than a lot of his critics want to admit, but I remain agnostic, Brian Campbell.
0: Well, it would depend on his patience level, certainly, of being able to – you know, you instruct somebody, but if they can't do it on your level, would well, you have that patience? But one thing is, his mind, his IQ was obviously, you know, probably his greatest strength. So if he's able to teach young fighters how to see the sport in a way that he did, uh, that certainly couldn't hurt. But the other Mayweather news quickly is his old rival, Marcos Maidana, who we know has gone on to use all that Mayweather money from those two pay per view fights and get really fat, um, he has revealed that he has Floyd's tooth. On like a necklace or bracelet, and that it came look at check this out. And that like talk about it. We already love Marcos Maidana, right? Like he kicked the crap out of Broner, he became everyone's hero. He stopped Victor Ortiz when he was supposed to be the next Oscar de La Hoya. Um, imagine taking your greatest rival's tooth and putting it on like a chain. Look, that's badass, bro. And he's claiming it happened. Do you remember this punch? Remember Maidana Mayweather won, great fight. The second one, not competitive. Floyd used his legs and outpointed them easily. But do you remember the closing seconds in the third round at the bell when Maidana landed that bomb? If we have footage of that, let's throw to it. He claims the tooth jumped out of Floyd's mouth and somebody on his team scooped it up. Jay, in the back, do we have the video? Let's go to the videotape. Oh, Jay has no video. Wow, that's great. Luckily, I, I sent it to you earlier. Wow. All right. Um. Well, Luke, if you slow Fucking it down, Jay. it looks like something shoots out of Floyd's mouth. And by the way, he got hit hard. We what, thought in what that round moment, was it? Do you remember? It was the last second of the third round, and it was really okay. Maidana's only moment in that fight. It was like ref jumps in to kind of break him, and Maidana follows through and clocked him. Luke, if this is true. How badass is that? Look, Floyd went undefeated. Nobody beat him. Floyd doesn't take L's. This is kind of like a uh, a badge of honor from one guy who came close.
1: I admit it's a less gruesome way of licking blood off your gloves, but it kind of gets the same effect, you know? Right? So it's a little bit more palatable, I think, to the average person. I I am in I'm in favor of it. I'll say I don't know if that I would do something like that, but. I like that Maidana might.
0: It's kind of like in Mark for Death when Seagal killed the 1st uh brother and he and they held up the, the head to show everybody. And then, of course, there were twins, so they came from behind and killed that guy. But that's another movie, another day. Um, but yeah, thanks for playing that video, Jay. There's my segment. Um, final thing on Odds and ends before I throw it to you. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Speaking of Jay, which I'm sure Jay will have this one, right? But not my Maidana video. Uh, we've teased it in the past that Jay was once in a boy band. Can we put that up there, Luke? I want to get your response to this. Check out the new pop sensation No Escape, and check out this Lou Pearlman survivor from the backside on the far left, Jason. What do you think, Luke?
1: Dude, this uh, No Escape. I mean, (laughs) just I mean, look at these rue hypnol fucking abusers. Unbelievable.
2: (laughs) Wow. Zero,
1: Zero chance. No, that's what they would say to like you know. Girls as they cornered
0: them in the end of the bar When it was, you know, last call I heard they were regionally successful In the Philly, Jersey area uh, they, they could have been the next 98 Degrees, the next um, What's that other band that's saying Cause I want it all Oh no! Also, also if X is
1: You know how there's like Xmas or like X Crossing Hold on Yes. Extreme Well, there's also, if X is like Chris So it's like no Chris-scape like, it doesn't even make any sense.
0: O-Town was the, uh, thank you, Jay. Jay, a, a boy band aficionado, hit me up with O-Town there. But um, what are your thoughts? I mean, you think, you think that that's probably Prime Jay. Do you think Prime Jay was a, uh, a magnet for certain things? Fail. Oh, come on. <laughs> you had a chance to celebrate the guy. We get a lot of crap for, hey, why don't you just fire Jay if you don't like him? No, I love Jay. Jay's no, the- we
1: like Jay. We also just like making fun of Jay.
0: All right, what do you got for an odd and an end? Because that was odd, what we just looked at. Uh,
1: and it is ha- it has ended. Uh, I would say, uh, well, according to the Body Lock, which is a great website, uh, Chael Sonnen plans to do submission underground 13 on UFC Fight Pass on April 26th. Now, they did uh, uh, the last one, I forget, March 29th, uh, SUG 12. And that was after it's believed to have taken place in Oregon, although that's not been confirmed. That was after the governor there had issued an order that had permit that, that did not allow for more than ten people to be in a room uh, in, in conjunction with CDC guidelines uh, and, and as, as a group who were not essential at any point, which would have put them in violation. Now they did go through at Sug nineteen or Sug excuse me um, uh, twelve, they did go through a series of medical protocol. Chael did was like a one man band. He wasn't in the room commentating. Uh, they had to wear long sleeves. They were all kind of held in separate rooms. But, of course, if you're sweating on each other, that has nothing to do with COVID-19. My understanding is, and that could be wrong, but there, w- there wasn't any COVID-19 testing at the last event. There won't be any for this one. If that is not the case, I'm happy to correct the record. That's just what we know of as of this time. I could get on my, my you know, my I could walk into the, the the office, Brian Campbell, and bang my fist down the floor Micah and ask to see the manager, but I'm not going to do that. I like Chael a lot. I think he's a good guy. I think he legitimately believes he's not doing any harm. And so rather than trying to just yell at people to get them to to, uh, come to our side, I would say, Chael, I'd love to talk to you about this. I don't think you should hold this event. I know that you think you're probably doing the right thing, but there's probably some other perspectives here that need to be taken into consideration. So Chael, please don't do it. We'd love to talk to you more about it. I don't think it's the right course of action. And um, that's it. That's all I got, Brian.
0: Yeah, I love Chael, by the way. I mean, ill-advised spinning attempt against Andy Silva in the rematch, but... um ill-advised attempt against John Jones as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, you just, let's do it right. Uh, are you feeling the itch, Luke? I know we've, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, we're all going through different cycles of the, uh, of the COVID uh, uh, hamster wheel, but uh, I need it. I need it.
1: Yeah, I, you know what? I'm not feeling the itch like you are, but this was the first weekend where I was, like, uh, starting to get a little bit of the itch, starting to, because before I wasn't feeling it at all. But now we're kind of settled into this. We're just waiting for this disease to pass us. And I kind of got to that feeling. I was like, something. I would like to leave my house and go do things, right? I would like something new. I would like to have my life back. <laughs> I think a lot of people feel that way, you know?
0: Yeah. Cumberland um, Farms has suspended all hot food during this uh, COVID season. So you know, how much takeout
1: gas. are you getting these days?
0: A lot, a lot, uh, yeah, a lot. Me too. Yeah.
1: Do you yeah. now? When you get the takeout, are you washing? Like the takeout boxes when you take them out of the bag.
0: No, my wife is doing that when she goes grocery shopping. Um, no, I haven't been doing that. I, mean, I,
1: it, I I bleach everything that comes through the door, even Every, beer cans everything. and
0: wine bottles. Everything, everything. I mean, I'm not going to say that's extreme. It's happening upstairs in my house probably right now. But uh, uh yeah. Hey,
1: hey. Does Jay have the Maidana video now? Before we go. No.
0: Jay, you have any vid- do you have any video of yourself playing guitar on a rooftop with fingerless gloves? Or should we run that next week? <laughs> okay, great, great. Uh,
1: all right, well, Brian, let's let the folks know how they can get more in touch with us. Of course, there is the social aspect of all of this. You can uh, please subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the channel. Right here on Morning Combat, that part is 100% free. Of course, you can go to Showtime as well, Showtime.com, and get a 30-day free trial. There is old. Let me see. Let me see. I point this way. Does it get to BC? Yes. Yes. There is BC. Yes. Right that side of the screen. Follow him, Brian C. Campbell on Insta. B. Campbell, CBS. Over here. Uh, yeah. Let's let's do a high five, Brian. You want to virtually
0: uh, virtually hit tips here or what?
1: This is. Oh wait wait. This is so stupid. We're so stupid. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't been fired yet. <laughs> Here. Yeah. Wow. Dude,
0: I, wow. wow. It, getting handsy.
1: I felt it, I felt look, it move. Look uh, getting handsy. Like uh, can follow me. Luke Thomas news on Insta L Thomas news on Twitter and uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel. We'll have more content coming your way. By the way, Brian, one more time. Let's thank all the folks who watched classic combat episodes one and two.
0: And by the way, they are rewatchable now, even though they're not live. Go check them out on YouTube. Sync it up with the uh, the fights if you can find them. Uh, good times, good times. It's fun to just crack beers and crack jokes, right, Luke?
1: We need a little levity these days, do we not? A little, a long, of a little bit of levity. Yeah. Uh, except your dong jokes, which I'm a little tired of. Uh, okay. Brian, thank you so much. I will talk to you a little bit later today as we have some plans for some other stuff. But for right now... That is it. Thank you, everyone, so much for watching. Thanks to all the Malka crew and everybody else. Until next time, may all of your games...